I want to talk to you about friendship and intimacy with God. It sounds really deep. I had this thought that there's only one thing that you get to take with you when you die, and that's your relationship with God. Nothing else. No other relationships do you get to take with you, really. I mean, it's not that we're all going to be together, but the one thing that gets to just make it all the way through from this life into eternity is, is our relationship with God. You think it's pretty important, huh? It's the most important part of your life is your intimate relationship with God. Is my intimate relationship with him. It's passing out of religion and into relationship. All of us have been experienced religion, right? We know what that's like and we know what that feels like and we know that, that in some way, shape, or form we've experienced that. And Jesus showed us something so much bigger and better and greater than religion and revealed to us this intimacy and relationship. Our whole lives are shaped and centered around our relationship with him. And he invites every one of us in this room into this awesome place. I mean, think about how can you be more intimate than with a person who lives inside of you, that knows every thought, knows every feeling, knows every expression, exactly what uh, Deb shared today. It was so beautiful. And that's what I want to talk about today, is that it's when we become transparent and we throw down all... see. See, religion says don't, don't show up. Don't hide yourself. Mask yourself. But what God says, no, that's, if you want, that, those are the people that don't experience me. Those are the people that don't know my presence. The people that know my presence are the people that can be real and honest and authentic. They can cry with me and they can laugh with me and they can get frustrated with me and we can converse and have real relationship. I mean, a lot of you know my story. I was 22 years old and I just picked up the Bible and I started reading it. And it's not, I want to say this. I love the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. But it's not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Bible the Bible is there. It's His words. It's His life. And it draws us into what? It draws us into encounter. It draws us into His presence. It draws us into relationship with Almighty God, the creator of all things. The creator of all things. We get to have relationship. We get to commune. We get to fellowship. We get to spend time with the creator of all things. And I learned about a God who, who loves to be with me 
and loves to hold me and loves to speak to me and loves to be with me. And it radically changed my life. I just want to read you our, our, our mission statement because the, if I could just say, what are we all about here at the Vineyard? We're, what are we about? Who are we? Passionate lovers of Jesus. You know what we're here to do? Is we're here to help people around us. This, this is to encounter the awesomeness of the person of Jesus Christ. to help others encounter them. That's what I learned. I, I, all of our religion, right, is just, it's just a mental practice and mental game and principles that we follow and all of that. None of that matters. That's not the whole, that's not the whole thing. It's ultimately is, do we have a relationship with Jesus Christ? We're raising up an army of passionate lovers of Jesus, walking daily in the power, presence, and love of the Holy Spirit, destroying the works of the devil by doing the same miraculous works Jesus did, building his kingdom and his culture on earth as it is in heaven in the Oxford community. We're helping people encounter the awesomeness of who Jesus is. Daniel gives us, Daniel 11.32 gives us this promise, okay, about what intimacy leads in. It says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people, that word know is the word yada in Hebrew. And it's this word, it's the same Hebrew word that is used when Adam knew Eve and they bore a son. Describing the intimacy of a marriage covenant, of a marriage relationship, the intimacy between a man and woman in covenant relationship with each other. The people who have covenant, intimate relationship and know the heart and know the thoughts and know the feelings of, our, of their God, those people are the people that will be strong and do exploits. See, intimacy naturally produces power. Power, the power of God, the kingdom of heaven that Jesus revealed to us on earth, it flowed out of what? It, it flowed out of intimacy with the, with the Father. And Jesus showed us how we could walk in the same things that he walked in. In fact, he commanded us to walk in the same things that he walked in. He said, go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Isn't it amazing that we're commanded to do something that all of us in this room know that we can't in and of our own strength do? And the only way that we can do what he commanded us to do is with this interdependence, this, this dependence on him this intimacy with him, this relationship with him. What blocks intimacy with God? What, what blocks that? I um, can remember a time in my life, I'll never forget it, it's like it kind of just sticks in in me and my relationship with God. We were living in South Carolina, and, and um, I, I don't know what happens. I probably prayed for somebody, and it didn't work out the way I wanted it to or something. 
and I felt like God didn't have my back, you know what I mean, or something, I don't know. And I got fiery mad. I mean, I was so mad. I was like, God, I'm done with you. I'm done with this. I didn't talk to him for two days. That's, that's the truth. I, every time, I, I just, I'm like, I'm not talking to him. I'm not reading the Bible. I, was, I mean, I was that mad. I was that mad. And I kind of came to my senses after two days, and I'm kind of like running away from him, and I'm going, where am I going? I mean, he's God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he is God. Like, he is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one else, there's nowhere else to go. I have to turn around and go back. So I went back. And I had a Deb Pitts moment. I just poured out my heart. I poured out my anger. I poured out my frustration. And I just weeped and I just cried and I just confessed. And he just held me in his arms and patiently just loved me through that whole situation. What blocks intimacy is when we have these unfulfilled expectations. What blocks us from intimacy with God? I mean, if you think about it, right? I mean, this, goes, this is marriage class 101. Every fight that Kim had, I expected her to do something, and she didn't do it that way. And so I assume that her motivation was because she doesn't love me, that, you know, all these other reasons why, you know, that she did that, right? Or vice versa. Right? We have these unfulfilled expectations and we expect the other person to do certain things in certain ways and, and, and we, we throw out these expectations of what, how they're supposed to act. Right? When we first came to God, my, my biggest thing, my biggest breakthrough with God was when I realized, hey, you know what? He, he can speak the way he wants to speak. I expected him to speak this way. And when I quit expecting him to think, I go, God, I, I'm going to throw that down. You speak the way you want to speak. I had to learn how to, to, to listen the way that he speaks. And so I threw down this expectation, and then when I did that, boom, all of a sudden I was hearing from God all over the place because I was like, all of a sudden, it, I didn't require him to do a certain, a certain thing a certain way. I expected him to speak, but how he spoke, that was his, that was his prerogative. So we have to release these un unfulfilled expectations because what happens is, is we question motive. We start making assumptions of why they do things. You know, God, why did you bring this sickness on me? Right? And we start questioning and, get, you know, and we start throwing these, these humanistic approaches to things and we start throwing that onto God and it's like that's not who his heart is. That's not it at all. And we miss the heart of God. Some of us feel like orphans, and we say, well, you did it for them, but you, you're not going to do it for me, right? We see this person get healed over here, and we go, oh, you're not, you, you did that for them, but you're not going to do that for me. And we start ha having these approaches to God, and these are all barriers because what happens is that it leads to disappointment. And what disappointment leads to is bitterness, and we become bitter. And we start to pull away, and we start to break off communication and fellowship and relationship from the very source that we need, desperately need. So, 
there's a cycle that I, I kind of drew up here. I want to share a little bit about. Just four things here, really. This desire flows into transparency. These are the things I just, if you want to make notes on this, these are things that I would just challenge you on, is that intimacy starts with desire. It starts with attraction, and it flows into transparency. We all, all have to go in from this attraction place to this place of transparency, the exact same thing that Deb was talking about, pouring out her heart, pouring out her heart. This transparency flows into worship where we start to honor and to love and to cherish and to value Right? And then this, this cherishing and valuing and worship flows into this, these deeper encounters with his love, deeper encounters with his grace. And then this just spirals up and we go deep, or spirals down, if you will, deeper and deeper and deeper into the love of God. And it just changes us. Right? We talk a lot about here about the gospel, the, the Trinity, the triune gospel, right? Relationship, identity, and destiny. Everything that Jesus did for us on the cross, he created relationship, he transformed our identity, and then he transformed our destiny, right? But it's in that order, right? We can't fulfill our destiny. We can't walk in the power of the kingdom of God until we allow us to walk first in relationship and then allow him to speak over us who we truly are. And then as we truly are, that we are sons and daughters of the most high God, that the kingdom of God is really at hand for us, accessible right here and right now, Then we can start walking out our destiny to bring life to the people around us. It begins with, with uh, desire. John 15 says this, I do not call you servants any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends because I have revealed to you everything that I have heard from my father. He calls us friends. Jesus calls us friends. See, the servants don't know what their master is all about, doesn't understand the heart of the master. Mike Bickle said this, and I, thought, I heard this quote this week, that there's two types of believers in the kingdom of God. There's lovers and there's workers. And, he, and Mike said this, he said, he said, the reality is this, is that the people that get more stuff done are the lovers, not the workers. We're called to be lovers. And as we get to know the heart of our Father, as we get to understand what he's like. I mean, how many of you, when you first came into the kingdom, ra raise your hand on this, how many of you first came into the kingdom, your picture of God was that whenever you sinned or you did something wrong, he was mad at you? Exactly. When you sinned or you messed up, did it take you like days? Like you thought, I mean, you just walked around like, oh my gosh, he is so mad at me right now. There's no way I can go and approach him. You know what I mean? I mean, we had all these misconceptions about the nature and the character of God. When he's standing there just going, John, come in here, spend time with me. I get it. I get it. How many sinners that came to Jesus did he ever shun or push away or reject? Jesus calls us all, we're all his favorites. 
I mean, you just got to get that into your heart. We're the ones, every one of us is sitting right on his lap, sitting right next to him. He knows us by name. He knows every little detail of who we are. He is our greatest need, right? The issue is not sin because sin has been done away with. It was canceled. It was finalized at the cross. It was destroyed. Every sin, past, present, and future, completely wiped away. And in one instant of time when Jesus died on the cross, the only thing that can keep us from him is if we reject him, if we choose to walk away from him. So it begins with a desire. It, 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 it begins with a an attraction to him. Jesus said that, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That God always meets us in this place of, of, of desire and of need. In fact, Paul encouraged us concerning the kingdom and the spiritual gifts. He said, eagerly pursue and desire spiritual gifts. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. That means relationship with God is at hand. It's accessible to every person in this room. And if we feel any differently, like God doesn't like us or God doesn't want to spend time with us, I'm telling you, that is straight from the pit of hell. That is the enemy's attack to try to rid you from something, some, something so valuable in your life in terms of relationship. He wants to speak with you. He wants to love on you. He wants to laugh with you. He wants to cry with you. He wants to sit and, 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 and just drink drinks with you and break bread with you. If we'll let them. There is no one that will love you and that will love me like God. And he's the deepest need of all of our hearts. James said this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So what that scripture means is that we can go, we can have as much of God as we want. We, he is completely accessible to us. We can have as much of God that we desire and chase after and pursue and desire. So the limiting factor is not God, it's us. If we come to him and, and there's, there's things going on there, it's, it's never him. It's never God. Because God is so excited about you. And he's so excited about your faith. And he is so excited about relationship with you. And that's the heart of our Father. So we are the limiting factor. Into, we can have as much of God as we want. So it begins with a desire. It, it begins with a pursuit. As we draw near to him, he always draws near to us. Jim, was, Jim Hitchcock was telling us a story at, at prayer this, uh, this past Monday. And I loved it. it, was, it he was just talking about uh, meeting with God, and he was uh, spending some time. It was late at night, and he was just... Jim just has these like these these times of intimacy with God. And he was worshiping, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just came upon him, and he just was just like you know the the power of God just was like there with him, and he was meeting with God, and then it kind of lifted off of him. And he was like, oh, he's tired, he's ready to go to bed, but then it just kind of like hit him. What if I asked for more? And so he asked for more, and the Lord showed up again, and he spent like another half hour, forty five minutes again in it, 
And then he, and then, and then he, he, that got over, and then he asked again, and the Lord showed up again. I hear stories like that. I mean, Jim's, uh, I mean, one of God's favorites. But you know what? I'm one of God's favorites too. I mean, he, he's tickled about me. He's tickled about you. So how do we begin? Uh, this is what I want to uh, write this down. Intimacy begins with emotional transparency. Just write that down. Because that is so, I mean, we started off with Deb sharing us her, her emotional transparency. Intimacy begins with emotional transparency. Intimacy begins when we open up and reveal the depths of our hearts, the cries of our heart. God's an emotional God, right? And we try to shun these and we try to hide them, right? Especially when it comes to disappointments and things in our life that are happening around us. There was a story that, um, I'm sorry, I'm pulling all these, but Art posted a story about Richard Ritchie, and he, he contracted tuberculosis, and he gets so upset with God because he's, he's leading this healing ministry, and all these people are getting healed, and he doesn't get, he, he doesn't get healed. And so he gets, he just, he gets, he's in despair. I mean, he's so upset about this. And he, and he just sits down. He's ready to, to die. He's like, just take me. I'm done. Right? He's so upset. And he just cries out to God, but it was in that crying out of God that the Lord showed up and completely healed him. I mean, that's the short version. Now, you know what I get from that story? What if you would have cried out from, to God like that? What if you would have gotten emotional transparent right from the very beginning? Maybe our breakthrough is just one just crying out to God from the depths of our heart, expressing everything that we're feeling in, in, in a moment and in an instant of time, just getting real and vulnerable with him. Maybe, they, maybe that's when our breakthrough is going to come. Intimacy begins with emotional transparency. This goes for every relationship in your life. I mean, some of us relate to each other, but we don't have relationship. We coexist, but relationship is connection. Relationship is when I can be real and vulnerable with you, and you don't reject me. You don't, you don't do anything. You know what I'm saying? You just accept me for who, who I am. Like these stains that I got up and down my jeans right now because I was eating Indian last night, and I didn't even realize it was there. How many of us have stains like this in our life? And we all have stains, right? We all have interesting ways of thinking and perceiving. See, Paul teaches us something interesting. He's crying out to God. He's having one of those desperate moments. And in Corinthians, he's, he's expressing this to the Corinthians. And, and the, he says to the Corinthians, the Lord shows up and it says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So what that tells me is that, so Paul said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to boast in my weaknesses because he knows that God's strength is, it's going to draw God's strength into his life when he starts boasting in the things that he's not good at and that he struggles with. Do we get that? Does, do, do you understand that God gets excited with the things that you're struggling with and that you, you pour your heart out and your life to him? 
That's what draws the presence of God into your life. It's not in my strength that I find Father's love, but in my weakness, Father's love finds me. It's in my weakness, Father's love finds me. Just look at the prodigal son story. We just, uh, Deb had mentioned it. The sinning son goes into the presence of God. The obedient son stays out. The religious, obedient son stays out. But the sinning son who messed up everything and lost everything is the one that gets to go into the presence of God. Why? Because he humbled himself. He was aware of his weakness. And he brought it to the father and said, I am weak. I screwed everything up. And here I am. And God all got all excited, threw in his arms around him and said, yes, I love you. You get to be in my presence. This is the upside down kingdom. It's not the strong that go, get to go in. It's the weak and helpless that God uses for his glory. Hang out with the weak and helpless and you're going to experience the presence and the power and the love of God. I just have a couple of notes. How can I tell when my friendship with Jesus is growing? I love people more because he is, he is so, do we understand how much God loves people? The people that we can't stand, that we talk about, that we speak negatively of, God is in love with them. The ones that are screwing up, that are doing all bunch of evil stuff, those are the people that God died for on the cross. You're in deeper friendship with Jesus when you start loving people more, when you're sensitive to, your present, to his presence, excuse me, and you start doing the things that he did. Now I'm going to, I want to invite the worship team. If you guys could come back up here, I'm going to I'll finish with this. So, so you have a challenge for the week. It's this card that's in your thing. and I'm just going to read it through. Each day this week, this is the challenge. Find a quiet place and verbally invite Holy Spirit to meet with you. Close your eyes and take some time to visualize Jesus. Yes, Visualize Jesus. All right, that's not a sin. <laughs> it's not weird. Shut your eyes and, and just allow your imagination to run free in terms of just seeing Jesus. Do this like a little child. Visualize Jesus in that space with you. Rest here as long as you wish. Identify how you're feeling today. Lately, and read the psalm that is most uh, close connects with your feelings. Just there's, I have a list of psalms there. You can go find a bunch of them. Okay, some of them are good, like happy and grateful, and others are like forsaken, worried, things like that, rejected. Verbally express to God. So this is where we're going to get emotionally transparent with Him. Emo verbally express to God how you're feeling. How do you feel about Him? How do you feel about yourself? How do you feel about your life circumstances? I want you to get real and honest. Listen, this, this, this is where it begins. This is where the presence of God comes. I don't know about you. I want the presence of God. And so get real and honest about your circumstances, about how you see God, right? Even if it's in a negative light, just share that with him. He knows it already. 
That's the thing I've learned. I'm like, why am I trying to hide this from him? He already knows I'm upset with him. Let me just read this quote real quick and then we'll. The most holy and necessary, this is from Practicing His Presence by Brother Lawrence. The most holy and necessary practice in our spiritual life is the presence of God. That means finding constant pleasure in His divine company, speaking humbly and lovingly with Him in all seasons, at every moment, without limiting the conversation in any way. This is especially important in times of temptation, sorrow, separation from God, and even in times of unfaithfulness and sin. See, God needs to be our happy place. I hope he's your happy place. He's the place that you run to when things get difficult and and things become a, a struggle in life. He's your happy place that you run to with your joy and your excitement, right? So let's... We're going to sing this song. We're going to start with a song, um, Sales. I don't know if everyone, has everyone heard that song? That's a powerful song. Where's the, can I read the words before you? I wanted to get a copy of this. I'll, I'll put it back. Falling is easy, but staying in love is hard. hard, this is, this is it, it's hard to be honest and to keep your heart open and to be who you truly are. That's the challenge right there, to keep your heart open and to be who you truly are, expressing the reality of what's going on inside of you. Without excuses, without any kind of facade, there's no pretending here in your love. There's no pretending in the love of God. O Lord, set me free. O Lord, set me free. Second verse says, I'm finally seeing you were here all along. Your love wasn't absent. No, it doesn't come or go. And the image I've had is starting to fail. I love that. The image I had, the image I had of who you are and your likeness and your character, the image that I had that you're mad at me, that you're upset with me, all of those images is just starting to fade. You're patient with me. I've just been overwhelmed. I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of patience that God has shown in my life. Just think about how much patience the Lord has shown you in your life. I mean, how much, how many times we walk around and we're so callous about the things that are happening around us. Let's just keep it real and honest, right? Because we're so self-absorbed and so, and I'm talking about John Richter. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me because I'm in my own little world and I don't want to, I don't care about what's going on in that person's life or that person's life, but Jesus does. And the Lord is so patient with me. Lifting the veil. Let's just let's just start off. We're gonna sit. I would I just want you to, we're gonna turn the lights down here in a minute. But Lord, we wanna come and we wanna be real. You, your presence 
is here with us. God, and I pray that every person would experience the depth of your love here in this place. God, we need to be loved by you. We need to be loved by you. We need to be reminded of how much you love us. God, how much you care of us, that it's not based on what we've done or what we do. It's just based on who you've made us to be. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Restore friendship, restore relationship. God, hallelujah. In this place.